Hey guys, welcome to More Than a Podcast. It's your host James, and as always, I'm glad to be back for another show. Um, so let's get right into it. This is actually going to be the show that um, a lot of you guys have voted for. Um, you guys help me uh, through social media all the time, and I really do appreciate it. And I asked a question um, maybe a few weeks back. And it was basically pertaining to uh, different uh, different episodes that I could uh, go into. So um, the one that won out, the one that basically came out on top was Final Fantasy. And, you know, it's so funny in hindsight that I figured, man, if you, you know, you shouldn't put Final Fantasy in there because if that wins, that's going to be a huge uh, order to uh, to overcome because Final Fantasy is a lot, you know, um, for those of you who are uninitiated with Final Fantasy, one thing that I can tell you is that they are 15 games deep. And so that being said, I am going to be talking about 15 games. Now, the other thing, and this is a bit of a disclaimer. So, you know, those of you um, who are listening, you know, I want you to understand. So I am not, uh, you know, I'm not a professional researcher. Um, I've basically done the amount of research um to where i can comfortably talk about the games uh, basically i want to talk about the games in a manner like i will be telling my friend and if i haven't experienced something firsthand i want to let you know that you know like i i would assume that anybody who was more uh you know who wanted to be more in depth about this you know they would have gone out and they would have replayed every single game and uh, you know uh got all their cliff notes together and basically churned out a heck of an episode and i'd applaud them for it but that's not me it's not gonna happen here i'm gonna go over the games but listen there are just certain games that i haven't played but what you will start to understand and you'll hear it when i go over the games uh, that did come into my rotation, you'll start to understand because you'll see the information change. You'll see uh, the way that I talk about particular characters and particular scenarios, uh, the way that I articulate a lot of different points about a game. You'll say, you know what? I know for sure he played that one because he's going on a tangent and he's really rolling with it. So just bear with me. Um, you know, we'll get through it. But Final Fantasy all, to get, all in itself um, is a series that, you know, came about uh, back in 87. Um, so, you know, the story as it, as it goes is that, you know, Nintendo was running everything in the early, I mean, in the late eighties, early nineties. And, um, you know, they, they had everything under their own umbrella as far as an approach to every genre. Like that was one of that was one of the things that Nintendo and a lot. I mean, gaming companies had, had been doing it before, but it was just done. It was executed so much better on Nintendo that, you know, uh, you, you, you didn't you didn't really have to question whether you were going to be taken care of in your particular experience of gaming. You know, if you wanted to play role playing games, sports games, action games. Uh, mystery type games, uh, shooting games, whatever, you know, your type of game was, they had it or they acquired it. And it was super cool. So um, what's really funny is that um, Final Fantasy really honestly wasn't supposed to exist. Um, 
and 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 that goes that ties into uh the name as far as why it's called Final Fantasy um because the game was not supposed to exist at all and um <clears throat> the the series creator who is uh Hironobu Sakaguchi um he approached his you know higher ups about creating this game and they originally refused uh, just right off the back nope that's not going to happen you know this is not the direction that we want to go in this is not what we're going to do so go and focus on something else and then a little known game which we'll talk about in future episodes um dragon warrior came out and that was highly successful on the on the nes that came out and that blew everything out of the water as far as uh the expectations and the standard of what a role-playing game was and a lot of this was resonating with uh sakaguchi you know because this is originally what he wanted to do so when square sees the success of another company doing what was the original plan they kind of figured, okay, we, we've lost a bit of traction here, but we feel like we can go ahead and back you uh, so that we so that you can, you know, make make something that is comparatively, uh, you know, on par or can it exceed exceedingly be better than the game that that has uh, come out before you. And, you know, Sakaguchi basically said, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make this you know the the game of games this will be the one i'm going to try to put everything in place and he really took an infinity stones approach and really just put everybody in place as they needed to be uh in order to make sure that you know the game was what you know it, it should have been and you know there there's a there's a lot of um notable Japanese uh, creators who jumped in and you know performed their craft on the game um, you know like everybody's so familiar with uh, Nobu um, um, Iomatsu who is the composer for the majority of Final Fantasy games and a lot of people figure that if he had nothing to do with the way that the game sound you know as far as the score and the music that it probably wouldn't be as popular um, as it was. I mean, it was insanely popular. Um, they, you know, even their, even their artist, um, whose name escapes me at the moment, but um, they acquired a very popular artist um, who, in fact, turned around and created one of the most significant styles of art um, in in a um, video game. I mean, it was really, really, you know, it was so, it was so far of a departure as far as, um, as far as like what, you know, what people expected video games to look like, um, or at least video game covers to look like, but, and it, actually I got his name. So his name is uh, Yashitaka Amano. So Yashitaka Amano does really just, I mean, it, it's very abstract and, you know what was what's funny is that when you look at the abstract art nature uh nature of his art um that he does this is exactly like think about this this is what they were attempting to translate to you know within a game so 
even though you know the characters and and the you know the enemies and everything looks you know they look cool they look all right um you know it, it's it's a very <laughs> it's a very hard translation uh between the art that was on his paper versus the programming that they did in the games um but you know a, a, as it is you know the games were and ha, you know have always well not always let let i don't want to say they've always been successful but the fir- the first one definitely was successful the first one was definitely successful um i believe if i'm not mistaken they originally sold uh 200,000 copies in japan alone and then uh then they turned around and sold 500 because you know, he, he went to his bosses and said, you guys have to manufacture more because this game is going to continue to sell. They agreed. They made more and they sold more. And um, but then, you know, the, the now I don't want to say the relationship with Japan and America was strained in any way. It wasn't it definitely wasn't strained, but there was left. There was definitely something that would that was left to be understood about the type of gamers that uh, we have here domestically uh, versus, you know, what, you know, how they experience games in their country of origin. And I think that moving forward, because I don't really have a clear cut answer to this, but I think that basically it was their idea to just, you know, cut potential losses really without testing i mean they tested the water with the original final fantasy but for for what it was worth um we didn't we didn't get anything directly related to final fantasy for a while so final fantasy 2 came out exact it was exactly a year after in japan that it came out and it, it we haven't experienced it in america until you know, the new millennium, you know, in 2003. And that was a part of a collection, you know. So they skipped out on on uh, on giving us two. They skipped out and they being Squaresoft, they skipped out on giving us three, which that, you know, so you got one game that came out in 87, then two came out in 88 so they're rolling these things out and then three came out in 90 so that's about a year hiatus off that so it's deeper development they came out with three three in my opinion is is one is when it started to get more significant and more uh it it became more refined as far as the characterization of the heroes that you play still no names but uh but a little they they were they were just defined a little better and they re they actually didn't release that until again the 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 next uh the next um millennium which uh in 2006 and that was when it came out on the DS um in Japan in in 2006 and then it came out on the D, DS May in in May on May 4th 2007 in the US so that's you know to me that's just crazy um and then they came out with uh, with uh, Final Fantasy IV, which Final Fantasy IV is this is when they started to dip their toe into individuality, okay? Because Final Fantasy IV was the game that featured a named protagonist uh, named Cecil, 
And uh, and again, I'm not going to really go into plots here. I'll go in some detail. But for the most part, what I want is that if you find something that intrigues you, even a, the slightest, my recommendation is go out, play the game, enjoy the game, because that's exactly what it's all meant to do, meant, meant to be. It's meant for you to just go out and just play it. So uh, Final Fantasy IV uh, has a protagonist, Cecil. He's a dark knight um, who goes on a journey um, to, you know, eventually, you know, basically save the world. And and that's all. That's always what it's about in Final Fantasy, which doesn't ever become a tiring plot point for some reason. It's always about saving the world. So, you know, it, it's it's fun. Um, Final Fantasy V um basically basically okay i i believe i'm not i'm not too certain because this one is one of the more vague entries in in the series this is one that you know like has eluded so many people for so long and you know like i i certainly have never played it um but i don't believe if i'm not mistaken i don't believe that final fantasy 5 had um, a named protagonist. I, I think they, I think they went back to just you know kind of having like a warrior of light. Um, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just. Yeah, I think it was just back about a. It was. It went back to being about a warrior of light. I don't think that there was there was a named person. Uh, but but they they did have. Uh, they did have. Um. Oh, actually, look. I'm uh, because I'm looking at this right now. Okay. Uh. Again, group of heroes called the Four Warriors of Dawn. Okay, so Galif, Zizat, Dorgan, and Kelger. Okay, they, I don't know if those were the protagonists that you play as, but I'm assuming it is so. Uh, Final Fantasy features five playable characters. Oh, no, no, this does have uh, named people. So this one has someone named Bartz. Okay, all right. So Bartz is a named protagonist in this game. See, I'm learning stuff too. Lena, Gallif, okay. All right. So yeah, this did have named protagonist. Um but I believe this one was also the one that had a um job system. I think this is the first time that it had a job system. But again, I'm 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 so cloudy on that on that one. Uh Final Fantasy 6 was where in my opinion everything changed. And I think this is when um I believe this is when, you know, Squaresoft said, you know what, we we really have to reintroduce ourselves back to the American market and we have to do it in a way uh, that's going to help bolster, you know, us, you know, financially because, you know, they, they were only depending on, you know, their, you know, their domestic uh income and whatever they were making within their own country and you know final fantasy 6 for all intents and purposes was a bigger game it was made on a new a, a, a newer system i mean so was final fantasy 5 that's the other thing that i don't want to i don't want you guys to miss out on so um final fantasy 1 through 4 were all uh on the nes so 1 2 3 and 4 were all on the original nes um and then five was the first to be um on the super famicon which is a super nintendo in uh in japan and then six uh came out 
and six was released. Now six was the one that basically had the closest uh, release to everything, uh, to both side to both markets. So in Japan, it came out in April '94, and then it came out in October '94 uh, that same year for uh, for the U.S. market. But here's where it started to get tricky. They re- they released it. And I still remember this because they they did do a lot of ads and, and, and marketing for Final Fantasy VI when it came over domestically. But they they made a they made an executive decision to do something that I've never understood to be done anywhere else. And really, at the time, you really didn't. I don't think people cared because they didn't know. And here's what it, here's what they did. They took Final Fantasy VI and they marketed it as Final Fantasy 3. So this was the third entry that we would get here domestically because they they had only they had only given us uh one they had only given us one and then they had given us um four. So four and one were both were both uh you know given domestically. But one, two and three not so much. And six was given as three. So four and four was given as two. So so the one so so the, and I'm, I know I'm confusing you. So so Final Fantasy one came out and it went domestic and and regional, um, you know, for Japan and final. And then they got they did two. They did three and they did not worry about bringing it over to U.S. markets. And then four, the one featuring Cecil, the uh, the Dark Knight or Dragon Knight or what is he? He's a dragoon. That's what he is. Or a lancer. I guess that's what you want to call them. Um, they released that domestically in the U.S., but they released it under the under the uh, the moniker of Final Fantasy two. And then they released uh, five but they didn't bring that over and then they released six and six was released as three you got me good okay so and and final fantasy six and that's what we're going to call it we're not going to call it three um just know and you should you you can totally look this up because again it was insane i i still remember the ads that were in every single gaming magazine whether you're reading game pro whether you're reading egm um whatever you're reading you had an uh, advertisement, usually about two pages, of uh, on Final Fantasy three, um, and it was huge. And and uh, yeah, when the game came out, it was absolutely phenomenal uh, for the role playing game genre and for the market um, of uh, the Super Nintendo because that's the uh, that's the platform it came out on, came out on the Super Nintendo. And this was this was another one of their games that actually featured um a substantial and this is what and that's a key word a substantial and significant cast of characters now i believe that in final fantasy 6 there are up to 14 playable characters 14 and the protagonist that you play as uh is named uh tara and um this is one of the first games where you play uh primarily as a female uh which is really really cool and 
the, now this is and Final Fantasy VI in a lot of circles is regarded as one of, if not the best Final Fantasy that exists in all fifteen games. People really rely on the sixth game to be the standard that has set the bar for everything that's come after it. But that begins to be an argument when you start to understand what they did next. So in the next phase, because Final Fantasy VI, which was three, came out and there, you know, uh, Squaresoft basically had a running relationship like a lot of different publishers with the uh, with uh, Nintendo. So they had a relationship with Nintendo and um, and, you know, somewhere down the line, that relationship had soured. And in that souring of the relationship, um, they became, uh, you know, they became, they, they started looking at different ways to go about getting their game out. Okay. So, you know, Nintendo was, Nintendo was reaching out to Sony. Um, as you guys have known, uh, in a different story, they were reaching out to Sony and they were looking to acquire or looking to develop a CD based, uh, system, which you guys all ultimately know, uh, became the Sony PlayStation. And, in in Nintendo's, um, you know, you know, in in their infinite knowledge and wisdom, they decided to scrap the uh, the CD-ROM project and just say, you know what, no, we're gonna just keep it on cart. We're gonna keep ourselves with cartridges. We're just that's just what we're doing. And a lot of reasons, and that's a lot of reasons why. And people don't realize this. They never entered the 32-bit era. Do you guys you guys recall they never they never came into the 32 bit era. They never had a 32 bit system ever. So that's so that's a part of why it didn't happen. So um, so so basically Squaresoft just felt slighted in every single way. And they decided that what would be best for them would be to continue uh, because they weren't going to revert their development to uh, to you know, to go into a cartridge. They had already started with the CD. Um, they had already gone so far and, and there was so much uh, to be, you know, to be learned about developing on CD-ROMs. Uh, you know, the polygonal uh, uh, method in creating characters was totally different. They were going on a whole new wave and to have that sense of Nintendo saying, no, we're just going to kind of go backwards. Now nah, that really wasn't digging with, uh, with, with uh, Sony. I mean, not with Sony, but with uh, Squaresoft. So they released uh, they released Final Fantasy seven almost in a partnership uh, with uh, Sony. So Sony released the PlayStation, you know, as the as its own system, because, again, when Nintendo basically scrapped it in, in the midst of its development, and Sony was just so far down the line of having this thing created. They said, well, we're not just going to dump it. We're going to go ahead and we're going to salvage what development we have created. And we're going to go out on our own and make some money. And they did. And Squaresoft helped them do that. Um, Final Fantasy VII uh, released in 97. And in my opinion, this is the biggest Final Fantasy of all time. Um, Final Fantasy VII uh, basically raised the bar in so many different ways, but I believe that a lot of the ways that it was a it was able to raise that bar was with the technology that it came on with CD-ROMs. Everything uh, everything seemed amplified. Now, 
I'll be the first to admit that Final Fantasy VII in its origin did not, it did not age well. Like, I would not, I mean, I would today do it, but there's really nothing comparative to say about Final Fantasy VII versus the other Final Fantasies and say, oh, this looks better. No, it doesn't look better. It looks awful um, because, you know, it, there's a learning curve. And it's it's a bad looking game. Uh, it just uh, you know it just doesn't really translate very well. I mean, within the battle system, everything looks good. But when you talk about like the you know the, the when you're when they're walking around in the world and stuff, I mean, it's just like blocks like Roblox people, and it's just the hands are big squares, and it's just. But your imagination, as it should have as a kid, you know, playing these games, it really just took a lot of that the weight of that you know that leap and bound that they weren't able to get over and you just kind of you know you just kind of meshed it all together you understood what you were able to get out of those characters so um you know big ups to square for that but man those characters were ugly but uh there was there was a lot um that was introduced in seven that you know weren't in the other type of games um you know final fantasy um, six, you know, like I said, they had a very expansive, expansive cast of characters. Um, but <clears throat> you know, seven really dialed it down a bit. And while there's still a lot of characters that you can play as, um, they, you know, they, they brought the number down and I believe that it just made more potent characters. You know, the, like I can, um, I can name, I'm pretty sure I can name every single character in Final Fantasy, every single protagonist. Um, heck, and I could even go on a on, on a on a you know go go on a bend and basically name the enemies too. But either way, you had a lot of different people that you you cared about. Like that's the that's the significant thing. You actually started caring about characters, and I and again, I think that's that that kind of originated with four. Because once they started naming characters with individual names, you started to really engross yourself in that story. But it really went into overdrive on seven because the story of Cloud Strife and Barrett and Tifa, you know, and Aerith and, you know, all the rest of the cast. I mean, it was just done so fantastically well. And I think that's a part of the reason why it resonates with so many people today. Uh, because it has a killer story and I think that the you know the the world that they built was you know extremely alive and it really like I used to spend so much time in seven just roaming around on the map uh you know I, I guess you know what, what would essentially be called grinding today um and that's what I would do and I would just negate myself from the plot and just explore because I had the ability to. Um, but it was really funny because uh, this is I actually had a running joke with a friend of mine uh, who I work with. And we were talking about uh, how one of the one of the big differences was. And, and, and again, this is something we, we looked at. and We were like, wow, this this makes the game so much better. But the game was on three discs. And, uh, you know, the, the three discs compartmentalize the different plot points but really it just kind of broke up the world because the world was so big and I remember that uh, 
I remember I remember significantly, you know, like when I when I had gotten onto disc three and I was basically at, you know, um, you know, I'm, I guess you can call it end game. And um, I would go back to a beginning point and then it would stop and say, insert disc one, <laughs> because it didn't have the memory to uh, remember some of the older places that I'd been. So I thought that was really funny. Um, Final Fantasy VIII came out, um, you know, actually, see, and, and again, this is where Squaresoft really started to figure that they had something, that they really, really had something. Because if not the the if not the most significant game, this was probably one of the more financially uh, successful games in Final Fantasy VII. So they turned around, right around, and produced Final Fantasy VIII. Now, Final Fantasy VIII is um, th- this. This is to me again. This is a really great game. I really enjoyed Final Fantasy VIII, and I think the reason why it is not respected on the same level as the other games is because this is when Final Fantasy started to go into uh, what essentially were themes. So now we're dealing with themes. And the theme of this one was love. It was about love, about a a growing and developing love. So, um, you know, people were not happy about this, this, uh, this prospect of, you know, eventually needing to, you know, you know, go through a story about finding love with someone and caring about someone. And I, I still remember the adverts that would come on television and, uh, Renoa and Squall, you know, embracing. And that's actually that's actually a part of the cover art for Final Fantasy. It's them embracing each other, uh, you know, on, on, you know, over the um, the uh, tagline, uh, which was really cool. But, you know, again, it I think that they kept a bit of the formula from seven, which was, you know, keep the number of characters down, but make, you know, make them as robust as possible so that you can care about them and just tell a heck of a story and i'm i'm not going to say that you know the story was lacking in eight but it wasn't as significant as it was in seven at least not to me so um but i but one thing i did enjoy um as i did with seven is the characters now a lot again a lot of people this is it's it's one of final fantasy 8 is one of the more divisive games and the reason being is because um people don't know how they want to feel about the characters so you have your protagonist um you know from seven who was cloud strife you know ex-soldier you know big time uh big time fake boy you know, uh, who eventually redeems himself and and eventually comes into understanding that he is who he is and he doesn't have to pretend to be anything else. And then you got Squall Lionheart, which which I remember still uh, I, I, I thought then, you know, as a kid, it was a cheesy name. Um you know, Lionheart, like, why would you why would you call somebody Lionheart? Like it was super cheesy at the time. Um but I think what people disliked about him was his demeanor and his demeanor was very, uh, I, I guess what would now be the term emo, um, you know, very standoffish, very whatever, you know, like that was his whole, his whole dig. But as a kid, I didn't really buy into that. Again, I was 
super high on um, Final Fantasy VII that I went into eight with the same drive and determination. And I did do just as much, if not more, of that grinding and pushing forward. I believe that in that game, you know, th- that was that was another thing about um, that I really enjoyed about the Final Fantasy series at that point. They, you know, they did a lot of things that basically um, rewarded players who went beyond the or, the original game. So you had things like ultimate weapons and you had ultimate, you know, enemies and, and you know, you had places to go that, you know, basically were built for the person or people who wanted to just experience a little bit more. And we'll go into that a little later. But um, yeah, I think I had every ultimate weapon. I had all of their, you know, uh, their, you know, super arts or whatever you want to call them. They, I generally call them all limit breakers, um, which was a new concept after, after I think seven, um, which is basically an extreme move that, uh, that either any one of the characters does, um, which significantly changes the tide of the battle, uh, based on who, you know, who you're facing and what type of move you did. But, um, you know, like Final Fantasy VIII had that and I acquired all those and it was a fun game. It wasn't a bad game. Now, story wise, plot wise, um, I feel like it could have been better, um, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. So I don't I don't argue now. <laughs> now I'm going to upset a lot of people and I'm probably going to uh, I think a lot of people are probably going to turn this off at this point And that's OK. Um, just come back and listen later when you're not upset at me. Um, Final Fantasy nine is, um, is again, one of the, this is one of the, um, you know, this is one of the games where if you ask people, see, when you ask people, what's the best Final Fantasy, right? You never get a straight answer. Uh, and if you get a straight answer from somebody, it's probably because they didn't experience much beyond the answer they gave you. So, Whenever I hear somebody tell me that Final Fantasy IX is the best Final Fantasy, I tell myself you probably didn't play seven or eight, or you probably didn't even play ten after that, or the rest of them for that matter. And I, you know, it's not me digging on Final Fantasy, you know, nine, but I just I really don't. I going back into themes, their theme for this was origin, and they wanted. They wanted to go back to their roots as far as the game that you were experiencing, you know, because they were growing all of these different characters and characteristics and whatnot. And they wanted to go back to just a simple time when it was about crystals and heroes and damsels in distress and bad, big baddies and this and that. And, you know, for whatever reason, it was what it was. But for me, it was not the game that I would choose to play. I actually bought the game when it first came out, just like I did after seven. Like when seven came out, I had it. Eight came out. I got it. Nine came out. I got it. And then I returned nine because it didn't do it for me. There was just nothing about it. Because, And I think what really upset me about nine was that I didn't I didn't enjoy it because even though they didn't classify you now, now that's, that's one of the things that that's also a big theme with final fantasy is classes. Um, you know, you know, they, they have people that 
play as knights. They have people who play as dragoons. They have people who play as uh, brawlers, essentially, you know, uh, people who have no weapons using their fists. And these archetypes are in all of their games, but they aren't as clearly defined. Well, they, they, they're, they're clearly defined. I, I'm not going to sit there and say they're not. Um, they are very clearly defined within the other games, but I feel like, I feel like the way that they did it in nine just was like, I don't know, like, okay, so my main protagonist is supposed to be a thief, which I've never liked the thief class ever in any Final Fantasy. I've never enjoyed the thief class, but that's the class you guys are going to stick me with. Okay. And then I have my black mage, which is fine. Okay, great. And then you know, you got, you know, like, I, I guess the the uh, the second protagonist, the female lead, she's supposed to be my healer. I'm, I'm assuming I don't I did, like again, I didn't get too deep into it. And then there's this guy, I think his name's Steiner, and he's supposed to be the, the knight. And and it's just so weird. It's just so weird. And I, and I just felt like you guys are making me be the wrong things at the wrong time. Like I want to be the big sword waving person primarily i that's just what i want to do like like a thief is not my hero i'm sorry that's like that it's not going down a thief is not going to be my hero so so i personally didn't buy into it i personally didn't enjoy it i still don't enjoy it and i'm sorry it's just not a great game i don't think final fantasy not i think final fantasy 9 is the biggest misstep in the entire series um but again there is a legion of people because I'm not going to sit here and say that Final Fantasy set, uh, 9 didn't resonate with people. I'm pretty sure it was popular for a lot of people, but for me, no. I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was uh it was just a little too much, but I also feel like it was a little bit rushed in the response of what um SquareSoft was planning to do moving forward because they were making the transition to uh developing for the PlayStation 2 because um, Final Fantasy X came out just a year later. And so they they probably at that point had split their team into two different teams. And then once the team who had worked on nine had wrapped that up, they just kind of migrated over to uh, to ten's team and help them get that out the next year because it essentially came out, you know, day and day. Well, not really day and day. I mean, uh, Final Fantasy nine. Uh, came out in July uh, in Japan um, it, for both games. For, for well, Ju July 7th, 2000, Final Fantasy IX came out in Japan, and then Final Fantasy X came out July 19th, 2001. So that was just a year later, you know, give or take a week or so. Um, and then it was off by a month for the U.S. market, uh, which was uh, November 13th, uh, 2000 uh, for Final Fantasy 9 and then December 17th 2001 for Final Fantasy 10 now 10 <laughs> 10 10 was a fun game 10 was actually a really fun game and I think that 10 did exactly what 7 meant to do and it basically set the tone and the standard of the new system and that's what lot that's what people were waiting for and that's what that's what we've gotten ourselves into as fans. As fans, we've gotten into this point where it's like, okay, new system coming out. I want to see what the next Final Fantasy is going to look like on this system. Like now, 
that we have the PS5 and the Xbox Series 1 on the horizon, the first question is, what is Final Fantasy 16 going to look like or be? And are they going to be exclusive to any one person? Now, we've gotten far away from exclusivity. I don't even think that's a thing anymore, but that was a thing back in the past. So uh, when the PlayStation 2 arrived, uh, yeah, Final Fantasy 10 was their first foray into that new generation. And this game was a complete departure from the original games that had preceded it and how it was different was because it was a brighter game and what i mean is that the 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 tone was more of a it was more of a positive tone to this final fantasy it was everything was bright and your protagonist was wearing like beachy colors yellow blue red and your sword was made out of water well the original one that you carry but you'd go on to get acquire other swords and stuff but um yeah like it was it was a really um it was a really bright and and kind of happy game and this also went into the archetype of you know romance or or uh or lost memories i guess you want you want to kind of say um depending on how you look at it or how you perceive the game when you played it um but it was it was a fantastically told story like whoa like that's this is one of the games where like seven uh like eight in some respect they told a heck of a story and i really do enjoy 10 through and through and what i really 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 enjoy about 10 is that this was another time where they basically stepped outside of comfort and they started to create things and characters and and just everything that was just totally uh, a total departure. You know, like um, this was also their foray into getting us to embrace the Japanese culture, which I thought was huge moving forward. So one of the main protagonists, Yuna, um, she wears a kimono you know, which is not something that we wear out here in the United States. I mean, some people do, and that's totally okay. But here's your protagonist, and they are basically saying, you know, embrace this character. You're going to love this character, and this is this is basically how she's going to come out. And she's one of my favorite characters of all time. She's definitely in my top five as far as, like, uh, Final Fantasy protagonist, Yuna. Um, Titus or Titus, I don't know how you how you pronounce that. I'm going to go to Titus. That's always what I call him uh, growing up. He's a bit of an anomaly because it's basically you either love him or you hate him. I actually enjoy him. I think he's cool. But the thing is, is I think in 10, he, the, the main protagonist is so overshadowed by his cast that it, it, you know, it ultimately doesn't become it's ultimately not about him. Which is crazy because you think like, oh, the person you put on the box art is the person that you're going to is the person that you're going to be paying attention to. But no, you don't care about Titus or Titus as much as you care about everybody else. So, you know, like I like I think my, like my favorite character in the game is Auron. Um, and he's a he's a uh, swordsman who, you know, basically has very, very powerful moves. And if you play this for the first time, I guarantee you're going to enjoy it because it is like it, it's super awesome, especially when you have him in your party. Um, but, you know, um, 
I, I think this was another one where people started to feel slighted. They started to feel a little, uh, a little upset because, you know, once, and th- and this is, this is in the time where public opinion started to matter more because you got the introduction of the internet, um, coming, you know, around this time. So people's opinions started mattering. So when it came to like the ending of the game and how that game ended, people were pretty upset, right? Some people were okay. Some people were fine, but people were able to articulate their questions, their comments, their concerns in a very public manner. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, Square ultimately spawned a sequel to Final Fantasy X. But we'll talk about that after we talk about the main series. Um, So one of the big things, as I I just noted, you know, the Internet uh, had become a huge staple and to be honest, it became a threat to video games as, uh, as, as, you know, as an entity, you know, because more people would go and spend time just online, just online, um, as opposed to playing games, which is what they get paid to do, paid to make you play games. Right. And so Square, uh, decided, you know what, we're going to, uh, take our step into creating a, online video game and so they went out and they made final fantasy 11 now this can be taken this can be taken a few different ways but i think let, let, let's let me just say it from the way that it was taken when i when i when it was introduced so i remember when final fantasy 11 uh first became a thing when it first kind of hit the scene and everybody was up in up in a roar the reason why was because people were so upset because they were saying i can't believe that they are going to take they're going to do a numbered part of the series and make it an online game not all of us have online so now they've just alienated like a portion of their of their fan base because we don't have the accessibility to play it i was one of those people i didn't have a, a, a you know as robust of an experience on the internet i mean i still have the internet don't get me wrong but i didn't have all the stuff to you know really make final fantasy 11 a thing but it also didn't really make a difference because i wouldn't have considered that to be a game i would want to play when i had already been fed all of these wonderful stories about these amazing characters and so the question became Who's the character's story that I'm going to follow now? And I know the ultimate answer is your own. <laughs> you know, like you are the hero. That's fine. Okay, but I don't want to be the hero right now. I want to still talk about Squall. I still want to talk about Sid in every single game and where I'm going to see him. I still want to ride Chocobos. I still want to do this, which you can do in the online game to your credit. But I just wasn't ready for it, to be quite honest. I wasn't ready for it. And if I could turn back time and I could be in the square offices as some kind of exec, I would just tell them do 11 as a regular game. And if you want to go online, just make a final fantasy online. That's it. That's just it. Don't, don't ruin the number series. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Cause there's really nothing I can say about 11. Cause I just didn't experience it. Um, final fantasy 12. This was another one of the games that got a huge, huge domestic push in marketing. This was one of those games that 
I was completely prepared for. And this was cool because this was basically uh, Square at, at the pinnacle of of their experience with the PlayStation 2 because they had already released two games before it and they pretty much knew <clears throat> how to maximize, you know, the technology in their favor. So this, I knew this was going to be a good game and I just said, I'm ready. And this one was really, really cool because this one had to do with um, judges and judges were judges were they they were they were it was very ambiguous because the judges were basically seen as law and order and they were the they were the executioners of law and order but they were also the antagonists of the game so it was like how in the heck how in the heck is that going to work like i want to know how that's going to work and what was really really cool was that they they did exactly what they did with 10 and they gave you duo um protagonists so you had dual protagonists so you had uh your protagonist in van um who again i i kind of felt like uh and, and and i will say this right now i will say this right now it's two things that saved final fantasy 12 for me because i know you guys are probably thinking well he was a thief too so how the heck could you play how could you play 12 and not have played nine well he was different in two ways one because i could choose the weapons that i that i use with him <laughs> okay two because it it had duo it had duo protagonists so eventually i could turn around i could completely negate using him and i could just worry about the other one who was uh ash ash was like my favorite um she was my favorite as far as the characters that they um that they had introduced at the time but once i got the game my favorites changed pretty quickly um if you uh haven't played final fantasy 12 i absolutely think that you should take the time to experience it it's on every single system definitely grab it um because you're gonna run into two characters that are again my top five and these two characters are also there and it's balthier and fran and they are actually a duo in the game and they are just they are everything that this game stands for and it's super super cool and very very awesome and i just love the characterization of both characters and they just play so awesomely um is awesomely a word i don't think so they play so awesome there you go um but uh but yeah like this was another uh game that that really substantiated its characters and really gave them life and meaning and the one thing uh that they that they executed a little bit better is they gave these characters separate ambitions so you know all of the games before became you know they were they were all games about people who were just in the right place at the right time they culminated their power together and they go off to defeat the bad in 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 the world but this one was a game where every single person involved had a separate motivation for why they were there and that was big and and you that's one thing that i really bought into as far as the characterization because i said because i just said to myself i want to help ash 
do what her plot is telling her needs to be done. I want to help Fran do what her plot is telling her needs to be done. <clears throat> you know, um, you, you, again, you get attached to the characters and that's a, another just huge thing. Um, I think this is one of the better final fantasies that I've experienced. Um, I don't, I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody able to argue and say that this was a bad game ever. I don't, if anybody ever <laughs> decides that 12 was a bad game, please come and talk to me because I will definitely convince you that it's not cause it's not a bad game. Um, we, um, starting to close in here on the last, uh, the last <laughs> few games. Uh, cause I said there were 15, so we're trucking right along and, uh, we get to a new system. So the PlayStation three comes out and, um, the PlayStation three, uh, was not a system that I was too familiar with. And this is a part of the reason why I had this experience, which is I did not play final fantasy 13 and final fantasy 13 was another very ambitious project that they did it was uh i believe they called it the crystal novalis uh story or something rather something about crystals <laughs> as always final fantasy is always about crystals um but this one was defined by that particular story arc and they were going to release games on uh different tiers as far as uh pertaining to the same exact storyline and um what's funny is that 13 came out and this was another game that had a female protagonist now now i'm gonna say this even though i have never played final fantasy 13 lightning who is the protagonist of uh the series is my is my favorite character i love lightning I love her characteristics. I love her style. I love her weapon. I just, just, she's awesome. Well, how could you love somebody you don't play as? Because you can just feel her breathe all of that energy just in, in her render. You, you just look at her and you're just like, dude, you're, you're just awesome. And she just looks awesome. And yeah, I will eventually play this game. Um, if they port it to the switch. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a game that I missed out on um, because I didn't have a particular system at the time. And, you know, times was hard and, you know, it is what it is. But um, this is one of the games that wasn't seen as as very significant in the series. I think a lot of people um, kind of dismiss this game and this and this uh, entry as a whole. Um, it's still made money. It's still sold. But I think as far as like the lineage of what final fantasy is and what makes final fantasy so great and so amazing. I don't really think that, um, that the public, that the general public believes that this is one of the, you know, one of the standards. So, you know, they, they actually did three titles. Um, they did it like a, a trilogy. Um, they did, uh, they did final fantasy 13. And then I think the second one was 13 X, Y or something like that. Um, which is a weird name for a game. And then the third one was uh, uh, Final Fantasy XIII uh, Lightning Returns. Um, and, you know, I mean, they, again, they sold, they did well, they made money, but they just weren't significant. And I think a lot of it also um, was due to the fact that people um, 
even though they had very um unique characters i think the characters just didn't anchor into people's feelings very well and i think it started with the fact that nobody could really understand the characterization of lightning in herself um you know a lot of people just didn't like her so you know to not like a protagonist is a huge thing that can you know make or break a game and um i think it just broke it for a lot of people so you know um i i'll i'll eventually play it i mean i do have it on steam but again it's it's so hard to get up for something that so many people are saying yeah no you know like i i kind of listen to the public in a lot of ways so um this is definitely one of them so um yeah um and then final fantasy 14 now final fantasy 14 is another um game that i really really enjoy and guess what this is when i finally got the capability to play online yay yes and Man, there is a storied history with Final Fantasy XIV, and I'm going to let you know exactly how it went down. So Final Fantasy XIV came out, and I remember it was pushed, uh, you know, in marketing very, very hard uh, in the domestic market here in the U.S. And I, again, I bought it purely off the marketing. And when I went out and got it, I actually got the 1.0, and... This is in the time where I and and I got it for PC. Um, and this is in the time where I realized that, um, you know, there was a such thing as system requirements, because, yes, I was a I was a kid um, or at this point I'm an adult, but I still, you know, have the characteristics of a child because I'm still playing video games and working and feeling happy that I can actually work uh, to get my games and stuff like that. But um but I'm still really dumb to the idea that, you know, things have system requirements. I was the kind of person that would, ha- you know, be handed a Mac disk and go and put it into a Windows PC and say, why is this not working? And that's what I did with Final Fantasy 14. I went, bought the game with no understanding or or feeling about whether my system could play it or not and was completely disappointed to the fact that I could not. It would not run. So it would not run. I took the game back. I, I twiddled my thumbs to see what can I do in the meantime so that I can experience the game. And in that thumb twiddling moment, everything fell through for Final Fantasy XIV. So the game was just broken as can be, and they were trying to fix it on the fly, and it was just all this stuff, and and it just was not a good look. And and basically, they were just hemorrhaging. Uh, they were hemorrhaging resources and funds uh, trying to, you know, resourcefully keep this game alive when it was really just dead on arrival. So they basically did something that had never been done before and they ended up all the better for it. They basically just dismantled the game. They completely dismantled the game. They took it out of public circulation and just completely went back to the drawing board and they redid the entire game. They redid the entire game and then they re-released it and called it a realm reborn. And this was a complete overhaul uh, from the original one. And what was really, really cool. And I thought this was cool was that they acknowledged the 
not so much the failure, but the redevelopment of the world. That's why it's called the Realm Reborn, because they're just letting you know Final Fantasy 14 essentially in itself was a world. But this world was dismantled by a greater power. And now you have a Realm Reborn. And it was just genius. And I just love it. And it is one of my favorite RPGs. Um, it is so cool. And and again, like this is when I had the capabilities I was able to play um, finally. And uh, yeah, like the this this game you know you get to play as different uh classes and they introduce more classes within the expansions which that's when you can justify an expansion to me because i remember when i first got final fantasy 14 the first question i said to myself is when can i get a gunblade because a gunblade even though people didn't really like eight gunblades were an awesome notion i mean yes they're impractical and probably would have no little to no use in a real world scenario but i wanted a gunblade in that game and gunblades uh haven't they haven't come out until what stormblood i want to say yeah that's when they actually introduced the, the gunblades they they weren't they weren't in the game but i was super upset because the um the antagonist in the in the game which was cool too because like at with an uh, it, it was an online game but it played like a single player game and it just felt awesome they really hit the hit the button they really really hit the button as far as how you experience the game so you felt like you're playing by yourself but you're playing with people it didn't feel like that kind of world of warcrafty feel it felt better I, to me to me it felt better um and yeah, like the expansions, I feel like they were um, they were all worth it. Um, I actually laid off of playing the game for a little while, um, you know, just due to going and playing other games. Um, and I realized that, you know, there wasn't going to be an, a, there wasn't going to be a direct end to this game anyway. So, you know, it wasn't like I, ha I was putting uh, an ending on hiatus. But I got back into it recently with uh, Stormbringers, which, oh, my Lord, is just a really, really good expansion, overhauls everything and just really gives you capabilities beyond what I felt like they were they could deliver on. And it, it's it's an amazing game. So if you have online capabilities and you uh, enjoy Final Fantasy as a series and you have not played this game please go out and play this game it is available everywhere it's on steam it's on xbox it's on ps4 go play this game it's super cool um or is it on yeah it is on xbox i was gonna say why is it not yes it is um uh yeah and so oh no wait a Rome reborn is not a Rome reborn is not on um on xbox so you can only play it on windows or uh ps4 so yeah, so go and play Realm Reborn if you got a PS4 or Windows, and yeah, do it because it's fun. And now we come to the culmination of the main series, and it is Final Fantasy 15. Oh, like this is a game that you know basically came back to its origin of being a single-player game, and again shares a theme. The theme was brotherhood. Um, kind of, this game felt like an interactive stand by me um you know basically it's you the protagonist and your um cohorts basically on your way from point a to point b things happen in plot and you know it just becomes a coming of age journey with 
you know, your hero. And it's super cool. A lot of people, again, did not enjoy this game. And I think the thing that made people not enjoy this game was because the world in itself did feel a little um, vacant. I won't say uh, dead, but it was vacant. You know, like places didn't feel significant. Like you didn't, you know, there, you know, like when you were playing Final Fantasy VII, you knew when you went to the Golden Saucer. You knew when you hit the Golden Saucer. You knew when you hit the crater. You knew when you hit Nebelheim. You knew when you hit, you know, the submarine. You knew when you got to places. But in this one, I mean, it was just kind of like it. It was more. It was more real world. There you go. That's what I'll say. It was more real world. It was more attached to real world themes. And I don't think people like that. It's supposed to be fantasy. And this one was about as close to, you know, real life. I mean, your all of your characters were leather clad um, uh, hippies or not hippies because hippies don't wear leather. Um, they were uh, what do you call them there? I don't I don't know. But they're just leather clad uh, Japanese guys. And basically, you know, they just, you know, you know, just walking around looking cool, hair all done with, you know, their hairspray and, and whatever. And, you know, you're cooking and you're, you know, you're driving and you, and it's just a bunch of conversation in the car between here and there. And you're filling up at gas stations. You're actually running out of gas. You know, it's like it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And I just think that I think that people just couldn't attach to the nuances that you know were were that game i think it's just it to me it was fun i did i didn't have a problem with it i thought it was cool i beat the game um one my only dig and this and this is something that i didn't acknowledge uh through any of these final fantasies because i was going to get to it later but uh, we'll get to it now because it's perfect so final fantasies um final fantasy games uh in in the majority of the titles have a feature and that feature is called summons uh, it's not always called summons. It's been called uh, different things uh, in different titles. Um, I believe in Final Fantasy X, they're called Aeons. Uh, you know, they're, they're just called different things. But you get to call these huge, extreme uh, monsters or beasts or entities that come to help you turn the tides in battle. And it's super awesome when you acquire them. Uh, for the most part, you acquire them and... Uh, one person can call them um, in Final Fantasy seven. You can acquire them and you can have uh, everybody, you know, call a certain one or one person just be responsible for all of them. You know, you can just build, you know, your way around that. But for the most part, you have these beasts, you call them, they come in and they just wreck shop. And it's really s- stupid. Awesome. In 15, they the uh, the um, the summons, the ands, they they play a more significant role to the plot of the story. So with that said, they aren't as abundant as they have been in past games. And that was always the joy of the past games was like, okay, I'm starting off with my first Aeon, which will be Ifrit, uh, which is like this fire-based creature. And I'm going to go around and I'm going to find the next one. And it might be Leviathan or, you know, whatever. And sometimes you'd have secret ones like Odin or Demon Train or something like that. And, you know, like that was a part of the fun. I used to have more fun looking for Aeons and looking for uh, summons than I did just kind of going through the the regular plot of the story. Um but that wasn't that it wasn't that way. Like you you literally had to stay on a linear path in order to acquire 
the summons that were available. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there are only four summons in that entire game. Um, there's, okay, so there's Titan that you can control. There's Ramu. There is Leviathan that you can control. So you only, I think you only get three to control. And then there's two more, which is Ifrit, who is an who is an antagonist in the game, and then there's um, uh, bah- Bahamut, who is uh, who is an ally, but you do not get to control. And I think that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. It definitely did me because I, you know, in my preference, I even even after defeating Ifrit, I would have preferred for. Even if if it was you know to go into new game plus, just say you have acquired Ifrit, you have acquired Bahamut, or you know, or you know, even if even if I didn't acquire Bahamut, you know, right then, let me go into a secret space somewhere on the game, go defeat him. He'll be stupid hard, and once I beat him, he'll be on my side, and then I could just go and just wreck the entire game because I have these super awesome creatures. No, you couldn't do that. You could not do that. And yeah, I think I think it I think Final Fantasy 15 basically went against the grain of a lot of people because you couldn't control as much. You couldn't control as much as with your character and the way that they developed. Um, You couldn't control, you know, the creatures that you acquired or when you call them out. That was the big thing. The big thing was that you the creatures came out circumstantially. And I kind of understand it because, again, they, they basically did this in a real world setting. So it was like it wasn't a part of an active time battle. It was basically like, OK, you're near death and, you know, um, you're standing in the middle of a desert. So ideally, the, the, the summons you're going to call is going to be Titan because he's the one that, you know, deals with that element. OK, you're at the beach and you're near death oh i'm sorry there was another uh there was another um summons but again this is one that is rarely controlled and very very uh you know very story driven and it's shiva um which again it, I, it just just makes you say what the hell like <laughs> like she's in the game but you you don't really get to you know like i said exercise your right into calling the summons out so you know, it uh, it was it was an interesting game. It wasn't it wasn't bad. It was it was interesting. And um, outside of the normal series, um, you know, Final Fantasy's done a bunch. So I remember, you know, um, I remember when Final Fantasy was uh, really really popular um, way back in like the early two thousands. Um, they tried their hand at doing a movie and. You know, the movie was supposed to be, you know, basically a video game on screen with a whole new protagonist. And, you know, you're supposed to just see so much uh, so much similarities between what you were playing at home versus what you're going to go see on the big screen. And it was a complete bomb. And this was actually one of the things that almost uh, dragged Squares off under. Um, it was the release of Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Now, listen, they they I think their marketing pushed this to be more than it actually was. Um, because it wasn't how it looked in the magazines. In the magazine, it looked like it was going to have all different kind of people, and you know, it's going to be just a really amazing story about you know, uh, care. You know, like basically 
Final Fantasy. It was going to be Final Fantasy. And it no, it was just basically a sci-fi space film that, you know, really didn't resonate with fans. But they redeemed they redeemed themselves like uh years later they actually came out with um Final Fantasy VII Advent Children because for years and years and years and it still goes on up until the point where we're going to close out on this podcast um, people have, people have wanted to know what characters have been up to you know like the one thing that's been significant about all of these Final Fantasies is that they're not directly connected so I, I think with the exception of like one I think there was one part of a game I don't know if it's three and four or four no i know four, i know um i know four did have a sequel four had its own sequel um but it was like a spinoff kind of like the uh lightning uh, uh crystal novella series with lightning but you know people wanted to know what's up with cloud and them because they again they were the more they were the most um significant characters in final fantasy overall so people just really wanted to catch up with them so they made a film basically saying like okay here's here's where cloud and tifa and everybody else is after the fact of what of of, you know the the actual game so they they you know they made a movie and it actually was really really successful it was really really cool it wasn't as bad it still featured a prominent protagonist so uh, uh not protagonist but antagonist which i i felt like they cheaped themselves on how they did that but at the same time it was like it was justified because it was like you know what we all still want to see sephiroth like yes you know he you know all, a, a, as all of the antagonists he had to meet his end in the game but we definitely wanted more of him because he he was a significant character so you know they found a way to get him back in so um and then um they actually did a film that um i actually enjoy and and they made this when they were you know doing heavy promotion for final fantasy 15 um and it was uh, final fantasy it was called king's glaive final fantasy 15 and this one was also connected to um the game but it was more like a side story um of what happened that preceded the game so basically a story within a story that you just don't play and i think that one was done in the way that uh spirits within years before should have been done like that i felt like spirits within probably should have been either 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 they should have either they should have made a game based on spirits within or the spirits within should have been should have involved characters that we were familiar with so you know there's there's that so what about other games outside of final fantasies like so final fantasy as as itself as as its own um you know its own entity has been huge right and outside of how huge that game has gotten on its on its own it has spawned a lot of different spinoffs um so there's been a lot of different games that have dealt with um the series or in one way or another is related to uh to final fantasy and you know i i gotta say one of my one of my all-time favorite games you know just in general is not even in the main series so you know so what what are some games that, that I'm, I'm speaking about so uh one that's popular with everybody kingdom hearts kingdom hearts is a spinoff story of the final fantasy series it is basically 
Final Fantasy meets Disney. And uh, this is a series that has spawned several sequels and has really just kind of become a series into itself. And people just enjoy it on an elevated level that they do Final Fantasy. Um, the the Mana series is also a, um, a huge game um, or a huge series of games. Um, Children of Mana was uh, a big game uh, back then and um, a lot of a lot of the reason that they made these subsidiaries was because they wanted to appeal to every type of gamer as far as how they play games because they realized that Final Fantasy was going to involve big stories big themes you know big plots and not everybody wanted to play stuff like that so they basically said look we're going to make things that are going to be on the shorter end that way you know everybody can experience them and then the saga series so like romancing saga uh was a huge game uh that was a spinoff um back in the day not as big as it as it uh as it probably should be but still a very significant fan base uh for that series as well and then one of my favorites is the tactics series um which again um people ask me all the time online what's your favorite final fantasy or what's your favorite game period and my answer has always been and always will be final fantasy tactics um it was a game on the original playstation um they did spawn a sequel uh tactics advanced that came out on the uh, game boy advance and it is it is the best it's basically just a tactical game that you walk around it's kind of like playing chess interactive chess and it's just so fun and the way that they uh, what i really enjoyed about tactics is that um you know they they basically did it with the same favor that they did um the original series they gave it a really just robust story it had a plot that just pulled you in and you just it was just an undeniably great story and what i really really loved was how it it gave reasoning to to why everyone was fighting on this level that they were so there was there's this war called the war of the lions and this is about as much as i'm going to say but these this war is over something called the zodiac stones because in their legend there were these heroes that you know banished these uh, monsters back you know back when they needed to and they were called the zodiac braves and people want to acquire the power of the zodiac braves so that they can you know beat their enemies in real life and blah 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 but but when you play it it's not blah 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 it's actually really really fun so yeah um so what's there to expect in the future? You know what? Honestly, I don't know. And I don't really want to say that I, I care at this moment because I know whatever they do for 16, it's going to be big enough. Um, I think with 15, how the, how the reaction for 15 went, I think they're definitely going to go into overhaul and overdrive and really make a point to address a lot of the things that people brought up as far as reasons or um you know uh you know just the 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 reasons people didn't enjoy it and they're going to address all that i really do believe it i think that i think that 16 is going to have a very you know a very charismatic 
and um, attractive uh, protagonist, I believe that the world is going to be so robust and so huge that, you know, people are going to be able to walk away, you know, and have the feels they did when they reach certain parts of, you know, particular games. Um, and I think that the summons are going to be back. I think they're going to be bigger, better, bolder than ever. Um, you know, the, it's always weird because, um, because the one thing that I have, uh, never gotten used to was how they acquired, uh, these different summons, you know, like in certain games, they call them guardian forces, uh, in certain games, you know, uh, like my favorite is just how they did it in in uh in seven you know with materia and i i think materia is like the perfect way to say in a real world way in a real world setting why you would be able to have a certain power to like have a stone that basically holds the entity and the soul of a monster like that just that's awesome i just love that so i don't know um and in recent events um square has uh basically done what the public has been asking for so long and they made uh they recently made uh final fantasy 7 remake and final fantasy 7 remake is a very very ambitious project i remember um that it was it was said that they could never do it because it was just such a big project and to think about that game in the current standards of today would just be you know so time consuming and just uh just a uh, just a strain on all their resources and i believe them now because in their release of final fantasy 7 remake we only got part one and the part one that we got has no bearings on any other parts that uh, may potentially come because they have not announced how many parts there's going to be. I don't know if this is going to be a trilogy of games. I don't know if this is going to be an anthology, but they are working currently on the next entry in the Final Fantasy VII Remake series. So that is what is currently going on. Well, oh my goodness, I am out of breath. I'm out of time. I am, I am excited because I really feel like we've gotten to know each other over this uh whole final fantasy conversation if okay so let me just go over real fast um you know my my favorites actually i have these notes right here so if i had to say which final fantasies i would take uh, in the top 10 out of the 15 um actually not even under 15 i'd probably you know so my first uh my first final fantasy that i would take is final fantasy tactics and that's out of the series. Okay. Ah, we'll just do it in the series. Okay, in the series. Um, number one will be Final Fantasy Seven. Okay. Number two will be Final Fantasy Twelve. Number three will be Final Fantasy Six. Number four will be Final Fantasy Four. Number five will be Final Fantasy Eight. Number six will be Final Fantasy Nine. Number seven will be Final Fantasy Three. Number eight will be Final Fantasy Fifteen. Number nine will be Final Fantasy X, and then number 10 will be the original Final Fantasy. So that's my list of the top 10 official 
Final Fantasy games, but again, still my favorite Final Fantasy game is Tactics, so there you go. Well, with that being said, guys, I hope you really enjoyed this show because I really enjoyed making it. I really enjoyed taking the time to talk about one of my favorite series, and I really hope that you learned something if you haven't played the series. Um, You know, for those of you who can, please try to play as many of the Final Fantasy games as you possibly can. I see friends all the time uh, posting their videos and their uh, screenshots of playing some of the originals. I know that the originals are um, available on pretty much every single platform. Um, But again, go in, find the ones that call out to you and just play because they are it's an awesome series. You know, they've come a long, long way and. You know, the games are a lot of fun and you'll find a lot of escapes. So um, there's that. Well, again, I'm going to get out of here. You guys enjoy your weekend. This is Labor Day weekend, so that's cool. So, yeah, I'm taking some time out to drop this episode. Now I'm going to go and enjoy myself. And I just need you guys to do me that favor. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.